Welcome to the 34 Welcome to Make Matriarchy Great Again. Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. Today's episode will be something that so many people are into, the Amazons. And we're going to talk about the origins of them, the origins of where they're from, what this is about, and just have people understand what their story is. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb, and I'm here with Vicki Noble and Dawn Sam Alden. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello. Hi. Could you be so kind as to give a quick intro of yourselves to our listeners? Of sure. course. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to start? Okay, I'll start. Um, I am uh, primarily a classically trained stage actress, but I'm also a uh, stage combatant, a stunt fighter, a stunt coordinator, a producer and um, all other things that are necessary to make work happen in the dramatic arts. I guess that's <laughs> that's about the size of it. Wonderful. And Vicki? And I'm Vicki Noble. Um, I guess I'm probably best known for having uh, co-created the Motherpiece tarot cards in the 1970s with uh, Karen Vogel. But I as part of that, the Amazons were very important to me from the beginning of our research. And so I've been sort of tracking them uh, in various ways for 40 years now. Um, in the 1990s, I studied at the British Library for a few days and read everything I could find there on the Amazons. And that's when I really realized that they're not uh, limited, uh, their tribal presence is not limited to the classical period when the Greeks were so obsessed with them, but that they actually are a, a female resistance movement or a resistance movement led by women, um, led by matriarchal cultures trying to save the old world. And so we don't we see the Amazons become really visible in the third millennium BCE, before the Common Era. Uh, can, can we start right there? Because I, I think that would be a great place for people who want to understand their story. You have a quote. Uh, Vicky has a book called Double Goddess, which is an amazing, amazing book. And I recommend everyone read it, particularly Indeed. if they're interested in learning about the matriarchal foundations of our Western civilization and learning about the Amazons. And in it, you have a quote, the revolt of women is what transforms them into Amazons. So could we start there? What is, and I think there's another great quote that you have that you might want to share with us. Where did they come from? How did this start? You, you were just saying they were in the third millennium BC. So, Yeah, the third millennium uh, shows us uh, there's Amazon activity that we can see partly by um, by uh, figurines and paintings and other graphics that were the source for my book, The Double Goddess. They're, they're female figures of two women in some sort of um, 
authority posture. They're sitting on thrones. Sometimes their bodies are one and their torsos and heads are coming out of the bodies, but they're they're uh, they're two women. They're double goddesses. That's what the archaeologists called them. That's what the museum captions say next to these figures. So I got really interested in those figures at the same time that in the material from the British Library, I kept coming across this idea that the Amazons ruled in dual queenship, that they had... By the time we're we're talking about them as fighters, they're in the in the third millennium, they are a war queen and a domestic queen, or a war queen and a peace queen. Okay, let's. I just want to let's start back with the double goddess. Let's start with where do you first where do you first see these images? Oh, way early, the okay. eight thousand uh, the eighth millennium BCE in. Uh, Jordan, in a place called Ein Ghazal, very early archaeological site. And the double goddesses there were life-size. And, and they were made of plaster, um, but they would have been dressed, you know, and had something for hair and so on. They look a little bizarre because all you see are the plaster forms. But and they, how, how are these? How are these tied? How are these tied to where we come further forward to the Amazons and Western civilization? So you find them in Jordan. They're images. Where do these images continually play out? Like, do we we continually see them? You say over the next millennia. Yes, in in, in, okay. in all uh, areas going west from Jordan, so or and north. Let's say Syria. There's a wonderful double goddess there. From Syria, they wear uh, crowns. They look like double queens. Um, And they're from 3000 BCE. These images are all in my book. The images are important. You know, it's hard to talk about them without the images, actually. I know, I get that. And there isn't much in terms of imagery I can do other than, uh, you know, I've discovered I can put one single image and maybe we'll use a double goddess goddess image as the... um, the picture, the thumbnail for the for the episode, you know. Again, for the listener, we're talking about images of two women, two women in rulership positions, and you're saying that we start seeing them very early on, and they continue on through. And we're talking primarily about Western civilization, or is this all over the world? Uh, they can be found uh, in places all over the world, but the the main grouping of them is definitely in uh, Turkey and Syria and then Greece and old Europe, um, so in the West. So, and they represent, from your research, they represent a form of matriarchal rule. Yes, exactly. And so taking it way back before there was war and before there were uh, warrior women, because there weren't warrior people, um, taking it back to the peaceful civilizations that predate patriarchy, the double goddess is uh, interpreted in various ways, sometimes as mother-daughter, sometimes as sisters, uh, sometimes uh, as a kind of uh, glyph of uh, female uh, lineage, like matriline, a matrilineage. 
so that you get the impression of the mother passing down to the daughter, passing down to the daughter, and so on. They've been interpreted in so many different ways. There is even one image from uh, a Paleolithic cave in France that has been interpreted as a double goddess. Even Maria Gimbutas interpreted it that way, but the uh, some of the archaeologists and paleontologists have also. How long do we see this image from what time period to what time period? Well, it's still uh, common in the classical period. Uh, in Greece, there's a figurine of two women seated on a throne together, and it's called the two Heras. I think it's... Uh, it's from the archaic period, about rather than the classical, maybe. It's more like 800, Homer's time. So that's, they're still happening then and, and uh, probably longer, certainly into the classical period and the end of the first millennium BCE. So the double goddess represents uh, a symbol of matriarchy, the way matriarchy is ruled with two women. There were two rulers uh, as opposed to one. Um, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's my theory. That's not something that you're going to find in an archaeological book. And, you know, it could be argued with, but that's what I've come to believe. There are a lot of, uh, there's, there are linguistic things that point to this idea as well. The two ladies, have you heard that about Crete? They, they say Crete was ruled by the two ladies, um, It's it's kind of a euphemism, I think, for uh, the two queens. I um, haven't heard that, but again, for the listener, Crete is um, the location of what has been called the Minoan civilization. And I know Vicky doesn't like that phrase, and none of us who kind of like follow the matriarchal history really like that phrase because Minos was king, and it, it's pretty clear from all the archaeological, all the artistic information from what's called Minos, that Minos very likely was a matriarchy. They also have a language that hasn't been deciphered, translated yet. Surprise, surprise. Um, (laughs) They treat King Minos as a historical figure, but there's absolutely not a shred of evidence that there ever was such a person. They've not found anything. Whereas they found so many uh, images and uh, graphics and stories to point to um, a matriarchal social organization. For instance, they say uh, King Minos had two daughters. So the the king who may or may not have existed had two daughters, and they were called the two ladies. Uh, So it's Ariadne and her sister Pasiphae, and there are, you know, there's a lot of uh, legendary storytelling about that Minoan family. So we have this description of this Cretan rulership talking about the two daughters and also the idea that people sort of overlook this, these aspects of it and kind of focus on this mythical king, which we have no truth of his existence. So there's the Crete, there's the rulership in Crete, the two daughters. And remember, Crete didn't really become the Crete that we think about um, until the second millennium BCE. It really, right. uh, some, somebody went there, you know, the, the population increased quite a lot in 2000 BCE in hmm. Crete. And it really also uh, flourished in some way at that time. And, and there were new, um, new characteristics, new things like 
mountaintop shrines that haven't been used before. So we, I think, going along with my whole idea of the old matriarchal peoples from uh, old Europe, which was the first place that was disturbed by invasions. And so I think those people, you know, fled and became refugees. And this is what Robert Graves said uh, in The White Goddess and in the Greek myths. He talked about the, the priestesses escaping to the islands with the paraphernalia of the, of the temples. And he even talked about the priestesses carrying round discs with language um, that were kept in goatskin bags. And, you know, they've found such an important round disc, the Festos disc on, on the island of Crete in one of the, um, in one of the religious centers. So uh, it's, it's very likely true. And, and the, we know that people were migrating in droves when the patriarchal invasions began to happen in Europe and then later in other places. So let me, uh, again, I'm going to circle back just for the listener. So we'll, we'll need to talk a little bit about old Europe. I need to add, so we can clarify what that's about. But first, just so how is this tied to the Amazons work? What Vicky is, is unfurling for us is where this kind of double goddess queenship rule ties to how the Amazons rule their own particular civilization. And then we'll get into the Amazons further. But Minos representing or Crete representing this kind of matriarchy, one of the last matriarchies and insignificantly for the listener the minos is also considered the first advanced western civilization so you have a pretty tantalizing evidence and argument about western civilization being founded upon matriarchy so we'll come back to old europe but just to say vicky so that's just keeping everybody aware of where we're tying into the amazons the amazons in some sense are the in the lineage of these matriarchs is what you're arguing correct well i'm arguing that old europe um, beginning with the Mediterranean area, when farmers from Anatolia, which is Turkey, uh, moved by sea to Greece. They did that at around 7,000 BCE. We know that from archaeology, and now we know it for certain from DNA. Right, right. Mm, right, right. So that's the beginning of the goddess civilization in the Mediterranean area. And by a thousand years later, even even less, really, I think 6200 BCE is the beginning of the those farmers who had settled in Greece and uh, built w- wonderful, very evolved uh, cultures, cities, uh, civilizations, and including the ones that Maria Gimbutas uh, dug at Achilleon and at. Um, uh, I can't remember the other place, Achilleon and a place in Macedonia. But uh, those people, some of them, certainly not all, but some moved north, continued to migrate and moved north uh, to the Danube River. And that, that they show up there around 6200 BCE. And from that point, uh, for the next thousand years, they develop what we know uh, as the civilization of the goddess that Maria Gimbutas uh, informed us about. 
they they merged in some way with the uh, the hunter gatherers who lived there, and they and by a cer- by a certain period later, seven hundred years or something, the diet of the hunter gatherers had started to include uh, farm foods. So we know that they, even though they lived next to each other and didn't necessarily uh, merge genetically, they did um, interact and and uh, interchange. Um, so then that development of that early settlement, uh, settlements along the Danube River, that became uh, a, quite a large expanded culture, which is called the Vincha culture um, in the next thousand years or so. And that's the main, that's one of the main uh, areas that we know the most about in terms of what Maria Gimbut has called Old Europe or what the archaeologists sometimes call the Danube culture. And then there was an offshoot of that even further north and uh, east to the Black Sea. So the Karanavo culture and um, I'm blanking. Well, no, it's no, it's no, yeah, there's no worries. So the, the real, the, the main point is, well, one, we, we, there's archaeological evidence and genetic evidence of what Vicky's talking about. We've seen from the DNA that they found in terms of what they've extracted from the women on Crete, they've connected it to back to Anatolia and forward to Europe uh, today. And this older culture, this old Europe culture is a goddess-centered culture. It's a culture which we're now going to talk about a little bit. Um, what, as it existed, becomes into conflict with this patriarchal culture that's coming further from the east and the north, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's overwhelmed, overwhelmed by that, uh, in, by those invasions. Um, be- and before, it, no, sorry, go ahead. Do go ahead. I was going to say, I was just going to ask uh, Dawn if uh, there's anything that Dawn wanted to interject, because I think for people today, the question of, you know, who the Amazons were and how they existed, they're treated as if they're just myths or something out of comic books. So for you, Dawn, what has been the most significant aspect of the Amazon story that you connect with and that you're curious about? Well, I think, I think the, the moment that it sort of dawned on me. <laughs> Sorry, joke. There you go. Hold um, it. Wait. Let's see if I have the rim shot. Do I have the rim shot here? I think I do. Hold on. There, you go. <laughs> there we go. It won't stop. It oh won't my stop. goodness! Oh my goodness! So many, so many rim shots. Um, the moment that it became impossible for me to accept that Amazons were only a myth that they didn't ever really exist is um, my, uh, my boyfriend at the time, his mother got, uh, got married in Rome. And so the whole family went to, to Rome to, uh, to attend the wedding and went through all of the amazing museums in Rome uh, with Greek and Roman um, ruins and statues and sarcophagi and friezes and, you know, all of this sort of thing. And so many of them, so many of them were uh-huh. depicting battles with Amazons. I mean, at least 50%, if not more, of everything I saw had some sort of yes, Amazon. I've read that the Greeks... Uh 
had made more images of Amazons than anything else. I've read that as well. Yeah, I've read that as well. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. And, you know, a, a, a story is nice and all, but unless they were unless they were worshipping the Amazons as goddesses, I find it hard to believe that they made that many images yeah, it's of like them they were if obsessed. they didn't exist. Well, I have a wonderful yes, quote absolutely. from one of the scholars that I dug up at the British Library. Um, her, her name is Josie Block, B-L-O-K. And she wrote a whole book on the Amazons. And she, she uh, said this, not only the cult of the mother goddess, but also the matriarchal structure persisted for a long time in certain places, especially on the shores of the Black Sea, in the immediate neighborhood of the Greeks, among the Sindians, the Myotians, the Sarmatians, and in the Crimea, among the Taurians. So that gives us a few places and, and gives us a long time span because we're talking about from the seventh yeah. millennium in the, in the Mediterranean area, uh, even earlier in uh, Anatolia, and that these people uh, have a lineage that goes all the way down to the classical period. But the resistance that the Amazons really represent, the fighting back, the, the taking up arms for people who had not been warlike mm -hmm. before that, that happened, as far as I can tell, in, in the third millennium. It really became a thing in the third millennium where there were these warrior tribes. And then we see in the classical, in the more classical period, like sixth century to fourth century in uh, uh, east of the Black Sea, north and east of the Black Sea, along the Volga, in Kazakhstan, like that area. Um, in that area, during the Iron Age, they call the, the first millennium BCE, we find loads of warrior women, burials of warrior, warrior women. And those are the, the, you know, the real Amazons in terms of what Herodotus was writing about. So if we're looking at it, if we were, let's say, by chance, deciding to go on our own journey to find these Amazons, we're going to go find their homeland somehow, the the route would be you'd start kind of, you, you'd have, in some sense, you'd start with this kind of Anatolian, this centered, goddess-centered culture. You could kind of lead and wind your way up into what's called old Europe, uh, somewhere around the Ukraine and the Don and all those in that part of Europe. And then you get this clash of cultures with, uh, and we should talk about who these people are that they clash with, this clash of cultures that disrupts this goddess culture. And then what is spun out of that are these various resistance movements or this particular resistance movement we call the Amazons fighting yeah. back against the patriarchy. And, yeah. and the last thing we see, I should say not last thing, but the, the most recent chapter is the stuff that's being unearthed right now, those those warrior women burials that they're finding in Russia and the Ukraine, they represent the very, 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 very latest stage of everything, correct? I would say so, more or less, at least in the, uh, in the Western sense. Now, in, you know, a lot of the migrations did go uh, east to, through the, the north of Iran and to the Caspian Sea 
to the These south. are the same women? The same women have migrated from this sort of goddess well, of Europe into that? Or is it, it just a different group? It can't be the same women because it's, you know, 2,000 years later or something. No, but I mean the same, the, the lineage. I mean, they're yeah. from, their yeah. descent is from that earlier group is what yeah. I mean. Their DNA is, uh, these are agricultural people who end up just east of the Caspian, southeast of the Caspian Sea in what's uh, called the but it's, but essentially it's a migration from that era you the way you see this movement of history now I, and I actually you and i are in accord with this we both see this movement where it's almost as if as the goddess culture gets disrupted the women go on the run so to speak and yeah, you've got the, your resistance yeah. fighters and you've got the others that move and continually try to form their own cultures maintaining you know, their when their i major. say the women sean it oh, always uh stops me in my tracks because I've actually come to believe, and we may differ about this, I, mm-hmm. I believe that the Amazons were not tribes of women. I believe they were tribes of matriarchal people, remnants of the old European culture and the old Anatolian goddess culture. And we that, do slightly differ on that. Yeah, and that they were, uh, that they had men you know, but that they were matriarchal. In matriarchal cultures, you know, men and women are equal, but women uh, as a group rule. That's today, if we find matriarchal cultures today. So, and it looks very much like that in old Europe and in the work of Maria Gimbuda. So in between times, it's hard to say, maybe sometimes uh, some women did break away you know, and form uh, coalitions of some kind on their own. But, but there's, there's actually not, there, there's folklore about that. There's not real evidence. The, the warrior women that, were, that are being unearthed along the Volga and in Kazakhstan, um, they, they, they're buried in tribal uh, groups with both men and women, but the women are buried at the center of the burial mounds. And, uh, and some of them are warriors and some are priestesses. And about half of the women are just, uh, they're what uh, Janine Davis Kimball called hearth women, meaning that they, you know, ha- that they, they have a role at the center in in a woman way, uh, but my um, my friend Andrew Luddington calls this zone defense, and I think that's a brilliant term. Sean, you would recognize it being a being a yeah being a sports guy. You know the idea of the Amazon warriors, the combat units, were the ones that went out and fought. They were the sort of offensive. Um, uh, team. And then the defensive team are the people that stay inside the center of the, the, the city or farms or whatever. They're in the center and they're guarding uh-huh. the heart yeah. and home. Yeah. There, there are two things. One, uh, Vicki, I, I agree with, I, actually we're in agreement generally. I mean, I think the majority of these groupings are male and female. They have to be. They wouldn't be able to to perpetuate. But I think that there, my belief is that we will find a grouping that represents this kind of very frightening 
to the Greeks, um, yeah. all female yeah. military unit. That's what I think. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. I think that's true. Obviously, if if the story of Penthesilea is true, she went uh, with a military group of women uh, and brought her. What would you call that? What's that called? A squadron? <laughs> yeah, yeah, her troops, yeah, her squad. Her... She brought her yeah. troops to, yeah. to her. Her combat unit, yeah, absolutely. In 1200 BCE. Yeah, I think I think that's something I think we need to uncover. And as for zone defense, I just can't resist. So people know from football terms, either you can cover your receivers one-on-one or you can cover a particular zone on the field. And if someone crosses into your zone, you've got, that's your responsibility. So on defense, you've got to go get the person who's come into your zone and make sure that they don't... In, football catch a pass or basketball get off a shot thank you I had to get my sports thing in all right so. thank you thank you for that because i i didn't completely understand what he meant by that because yeah. i i do not i sports, I, I, I pretty much so. sports all day long long <laughs> and that's the end of part one in our episode on the amazons and matriarchy we were talking with Vicki Noble and Don Sam Alden. In that episode and in that part, we focused on the matriarchal origins of the Amazons. In part two, we will talk about the clash between matriarchy and patriarchy that formed the Amazon tribe. Please join us again. I'm Sean Marlon Newcomb.